Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on running an online business. Here's your host, Old Fashioned Mike. Welcome to the show. How is everybody doing today? Thank you for joining. So, um, I got a few questions recently uh, about about um, how to find out about items. So, one of the things that we heavily rely on um, as eBay sellers is obviously is Terapeak. It's a free resource that um, we're given by eBay. Uh, it used to not be free, but it's free now. Um, for users to kind of research items and see what they sell for. And I think that the, it is an invaluable resource for sure. Um, but one of the things that doesn't really help you do, uh, to do is to, uh, look at items and say, what are they? You know? So it's uh, so many things on eBay in all categories. So, so I'm just, this is a g- generic statement, but they're generally not very good at, um, at identifying what things are. And so what you have to do as a seller in the collectibles market is you need to go out and find resources that you could look at, uh, you know, for, you know, guides on identifying items so that when you put them on eBay, you could price them right now. You're not going to get these guides, you know, they may have pricing in it, uh, in those guides. Um, but you know, the, the pricing is going to be, you know, very dated. So in other words, if you got a brand new book, for instance, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, if you have a brand new book and it gives you a price of $10, you know, something may have happened between the time that that was printed and when you received that book and then when it sells on eBay. So, so don't look at them for necessarily for pricing. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I mean, but you're really using them guides as um, ways to identify an item. So, so let's talk about this. So if you were a comic book seller, right? And comic book sellers, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things to be uh, looked at in comic books. And so you need to be able to identify the characters. You need to identify a certain print. You're going to need to identify um, who maybe the artist is. And all this stuff can be found in a book called Overstreets. Um, now there's a, there's a, several other guys don't get me wrong, but Overstreets is kind of the gold standard, I believe in the comic book market. So, uh, for identification, not pricing, pricing still eBay and then worth point, which we can talk, we'll talk about that in a minute too. So get yourself a guide, no matter what it is. So if, for instance, in postcards, there's several of them. I would suggest you get one of those guides for postcards. If you're going to deal in postcards, it kind of helps you identify who the artists are, you know, the format, uh, you know, what, what they call them necessarily. So, you know, what they call them on eBay might not be the right thing. As a matter of fact, I see so many people, um, uh, listing RPPC photo, uh, uh, photograph cards. So in other words, um, in postcards, there's something called RPPC, which is, uh, basically a real person photograph or real postcard photograph. And there's ways to identify them. There's a website by the way. And so you should look at some of the websites out there to help to identify the years on those. But, but you're not going to, you you see a lot of people putting RPPC phone, uh, postcards online, uh, on eBay and they're not really RPPC. They might be, they might be, I've even seen Chrome for, um, postcards, uh, posted as RPPC. So Chrome is of course the newer, the newest type of postcard type. So anyway, 
get yourself a good guidebook. So Overstreet for comic books, there's several for, for postcards. Um, I'm recently getting into tokens. And so I just ordered a massive token uh, book um, that's going to help me identify uh, tokens, you know, when they were made and, you know, who made them and so on. It's a massive book. It cost me a couple hundred bucks. Um, you know, don't go out yourself and buy, you know, a thousand dollars worth of books. I mean, do it as you need it. So, but you should really honestly overstreet for comic books. And then, uh, like I said, several postcard books. Um, but you want to get one that's kind of fairly comprehensive. The tokens, like I said, coin books, there's tons of them. You need to get that stamp books, you know, all that stuff you need to, you need to get those sources. Cause you want to be able to look at something. And then if you just, you know, if you can't find out what it is, you just need to rifle through this guide, find it. And then basically they use that in your title. Um, that's going to garner you a lot more money than, uh, than anything. If you know more about your product and you put that in the title and in the descriptions and so on, you're going to be able to sell something, you know, two, three X, whatever somebody else has the same item for, because what's going to happen is, is your, the person that's uh, going to buy it, they're searching for those terms. And if, the, if you, they see that, you know what those terms are, um, then, you know, they will reasonably believe that you will understand what you're selling. And so, and that's a leg up to, um, to other eBay sellers. I can't tell you how many eBay sellers just suck at, you know, identifying items and, and putting them in the title. I mean, the worst. So I frequently, go on eBay and buy cards that are mistitled and doesn't have information in it. And I buy them for half the price that I sell them for. Now I don't make nearly as much money than if I were to buy them in a huge lot, but you know, I still do make two X, three X my money. Uh, and so, you know, I think there's, um, knowing what you're selling is kind of one of the number one things you need to do. So go on, go on Amazon or maybe even on eBay, maybe they have them too, but uh, go on Amazon and just start searching for guidebooks for your particular collectible. You know, uh, you know, Beckett is by the way, the one for sports cards. If you're going to do sports cards, um, there's probably others too. Don't, you know, listen, I'm not a big sports card guy. So, so, but Beckett is something that you can get online as well. And I would suggest that you actually subscribe to these, um, these, platforms if you can. So, you know, even though you get, um, great pricing on eBay, you do get a lot more information on Beckett's for instance, for sports cards. So let's talk about worth point. So worth point is a website, which is kind of cool. Think of it as Terapeak, um, uh, Uber Terapeak. It, it just has so much more information about all sorts of collectibles. It's a pay for service. You can get a certain number of, of lists of things you can look up for free. Um, and certainly, if you are really, really good at what you're selling and you don't really need the WorthPoint um, website, that's okay. Um, WorthPoint is not a sponsor, by the way. So, but you know, just go there and look at it. But WorthPoint is really kind of the gold standard for a lot of antiques and collectibles. Um, now, with exception, I believe, in, in my opinion, of comic books and sports cards. I think there are better sources for those. But all other antiques, very good source. The price for WorthPoint is anywhere between like 17 bucks a month, all the way up to like 35 or 40 or something like that. So, so definitely worth it. If you are doing heavy, heavy antique, um, uh, sales and collectible sales, I think it's definitely worth it. Uh, I think also, again, it gives you a lot of information. The more information you have from the guidebooks that you can put in this, the better pricing, uh, information you're going to get. Now, mind you, WorthPoint gets its pricing from all sorts of sources, eBay being one of them. So, 
Um, you know, obviously if you know what the search term is and you put it in Terapeak and you can find it in Terapeak consistently, then, you know, you know, don't bother with the worth point thing. But I think actually worth point is probably better because it has multiple sources. Now, mind you, you're not always going to sell on eBay when you sell collectibles. I mean, certainly there are, uh, there are, uh, websites that specifically cater towards postcards. There's ones towards stamps, comics, uh, baseball cards, We've talked about it in several other episodes, uh, and uh, you know you also have them for records. So you really, you know, <laughs> Terapeak is going to give you uh, some good information, but it might not be applicable to the other sites that you're going to list your items on. Now, remember, you're never going to list on items on on eBay and other sites uh, unless there's some sort of automation that will will delist the old uh, the other website when you sell it. So, you know, when we talked about hip postcard, hip stamp and hip comic, if you do sell on those platforms, the hip platform, uh, does inter interact directly with the eBay platform. And, um, also, um, you know, if you're using, uh, ink frog to do the same thing, you, you know, it's just, uh, you, you always want automation. So, but don't always think that eBay is the only place you could sell a collectible. As a matter of fact, sometimes collectibles go for more on these other sites than they do on eBay. Um, which gives you some arbitrage opportunities, by the way. I mean, you could always go on eBay, find something that you can find mislabeled, which happens a lot, and then resell it on these other sites or even just uh, list it in eBay. I mean, we've talked about this, but buying bulk items and then basically parsing them out. And there's a lot of money to be made in that uh, way of, of listing. That is the best uh, way uh, for postcards. I think that there are a lot of sellers who just try to dump their postcards on eBay. And so, um, it gives you an opportunity. And if you could sell, you could buy for 10 to 25 cents, a card. Um, even if you only use 50% of the cards that are in the batch that you sell and then resell the other ones as a batch others, um, the ones that you don't use, um, there is money to be made. And a matter of fact, just today I just sold, I, you know, I, so I bought, I'm going to call it 5,000, 5,000 cards, about 3,000 of them I kept and, re, and, and we'll be listing them individually. Um, and, but the other 2000, I did, I couldn't use, um, for a variety of reasons. You know, they're good cards and they weren't junk. I, if they're, if they're trashed, I throw them away, but if they're not trashed, I lock them up and I sell them and I just recoup some of the money from my initial purchase. So if I buy, let's say 5,000 cards for $500, I'm just making the number up and I could, I could then sell the 2000 cards for 125 bucks to maybe even 250, um, that I could recoup half my money. Um, and that essentially lowers my buy cost for the others. So, you know, you want to think in those, in those terms, but you got to be careful when you're buying lots. Cause again, if the person knows what they're doing, they're just putting a bunch of junk in there. And if they don't know what they're doing, or if they're just maybe too busy, then they'll sell these huge lots and there's money to be made. Like I said, but there's equally, uh, you know, they may have things that they're listing as a certain type of card, for instance, and it's not necessarily true. So I just bought a, about 5,000 cards, like I said, and this person said there's a lot of our PPC in there. And this is kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, but the, these were Chrome. So the, yes, there were photographs. They weren't even, but real photograph postcards are essentially postcards that are photos that were placed on special paper, you know, photograph paper, um, that had insignias or logos in the back of the photography paper type. And it was, uh, it, it's, you know, it's very different than a picture postcard, you know, like a Chrome postcard. Um, so, but this person didn't know the difference. And so anyway, I got 
sort of duped, but you know, the, I looked at it and I really negotiated it down pretty good anyway. And so I didn't really return it. You know, these people are in the, I, I don't return a lot of stuff unless the person really doesn't know what they've sold. Um, and they've really, really overstated what they've, what they're selling. I usually generally just, um, you know, just suck it up <laughs> and just endless. I just bought, um, another case of point, I just bought, uh, about uh, 10,000, uh, postcards, Chrome postcards for, um, for railroads, you know, for, um, actually European railroads specifically. So it'd be interesting. I bought them at a really low buy price. And so I'm hoping that they're going to yield some results. But, um, again, this person listed them as, fo uh, you know, basically RPPCs. And, and I knew they weren't RPPCs just by looking at them. So anyway, but I bought them at a really good buy cost. And, um, again, you can do this. So a matter of fact, I think some of you are doing this because I'm running into a lot of competition and buying lots these days. So, uh, of course I'm going to be moving over to the card shows pretty soon. So, uh, matter of fact, I was in Florida over the weekend and went to a, a card club and they had lots of stuff. And since I was coming back to Massachusetts, I didn't buy any because I didn't want to lug them in my suitcase. But, um, uh, but I know where I'm going to go to this place and I'm going to probably stop buying on eBay. So the nice thing is, is that you probably have something near you and you need to do that. And that's not necessarily in postcards. It could be comic books, could be, you know, other collectibles. So do it, do it. And as a matter of fact, I think a lot of the antique stores, um, you can go into antique stores and, you know, they're focusing on the big stuff. And if you go rifle through papers and, um, postcards and stamps and coins and things like that, you, you, you know, you could probably pick up some really good deals, um, at these places because they're not usually dealing with that. You're not, they're not a coin store for spe specifically, for instance. So now the nice, nice thing is, is that eBay is really kind of pushing the coin market now, the, just like they're pushing the postcard market by giving you the, the free, um, you know, or, well, free cheap shipping. Now I did find a problem with the cheap shipping recently. I had a return. It ended up, I was able to actually, uh, to, get the person to keep it. But, um, when you try to do a return on the specialized postage, um, it's not like you buy a label on eBay. So that's not one of the options, unfortunately. So you got to figure that out. Now, of course, what I'll do is probably just go on pirate ship and then basically upload a label and you can do it that way too. So anyway, um, there are some downsides to, um, to some of the programs that eBay has, but you know, there's tons of upsides too. So coins, being one of them and coins definitely something you could buy in large lots tokens as well too you could buy them in large lots uh you uh you know you can find them at antique stores you can find them you know at uh, garage sales even uh, i've even found them on ebay and recently i found a huge lot of tokens uh from uh, from the Goodwill site. So Goodwill is, uh, trying to play a big player in this area, but they don't want to sell things individually. You know, they're just trying to actually liquidate what they have. And so that they'll sell huge lots of things and there's an opportunity. So you, again, we talked about farming many, many, many times in this podcast, What you want to do is you want to be a farmer and you want to go out there and buy lots and separate those out. That's where the money is. Okay. So you're not going to be able to grow fast. If you're buying things, onesies and twosies, you want to buy one in 200 and one or 2000 or 10,000, 20,000 items at once. And it's going to be a little bit more money, but the money is going to be made back by parsing these out. Take the stuff you want, 
put the others in lots, sell the lots, recoup some of your, your cost, and then parse the other stuff out individually, and you will make money. It's, I would say it's, it's almost guaranteed. My uh, sell-through rate is lower than it was when I was selling clothing, but it's not that much lower, and I'm selling uh, and I'm putting a lot more inventory out there today. Um, I, or excuse me, this last weekend, I sold 40 cards in one day, 40 cards. That's a lot. You know, that's a good, and each one, you know, I bought for 50 cents. That's roughly 50 cents and I'm selling it for 15, 20 bucks. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Just take my advice, look for lots, parse them out and, and watch the the cash roll in. Okay. Get your guides. I know we're meandering a little bit, but get your guides, um, so you can identify things. And so that you could see what others don't in those items. And if they're your, your description's good, meaning you're, you got 80 characters, use them and, uh, you know, and uh, you've identified things well, and you put all the item specifics in then you will start to see results. Now, that takes me to another topic, item specifics. Now, this isn't really a huge problem in the collectibles market yet, but it's going to be. And what I mean by that is that, as you could see with clothing, that every once in a while you'll get this massive amount of you know recommended and required item specifics. And as you know, you know, then all of a sudden you have to make all these updates and it's kind of hard. And now there's ways to do that, to speed that up. And that just go on YouTube and, and look that up. I'm not going to tell you here because it's, it's too difficult to talk to on a podcast, but you want to be able to put those item specifics in and they do yield results. Now I know there's, there's some controversy around that. Um, you know, some people don't think that doesn't yield, does yield results. I do, I do believe it does though. I mean, it's seems to, uh, it seems to me that I had better sell through rates when I put in these, those items specifics. And I know in the Google search, it will show more if you have more item specifics, you know, but in collectibles, it hasn't really been an issue yet because there's not really a hell of a lot of item specifics in most collectibles. Now, certainly in the baseball card area, area or the sports card area, there is. Um, so that's a little bit different. But um, but a lot of collectibles, there's, there's not. And because eBay doesn't really, you know, when they start to really get into an item, an area, then um, then they might, they'll add those, right? They start with shoes, for instance. They didn't have a lot of item specifics rec- until recent. And then clothing, which is really kind of, the most competitive market on all of eBay is clothing. Uh, and so, um, there's a lot of item specifics required. And I will tell you, um, some of those item specifics don't seem to make any sense. Now, some would, some people put NA as part of item specifics. Don't do that. You know, if you don't know it, or if it's not applicable, then what you, there's a little checkbox that you click that says, don't remind me of this again, basically. And so do that. 
don't don't put in NA or put something fake because um, then you'll get a false positive result on uh, when somebody searches. So these do work. Uh, again, not huge in the collectibles market. So I think those in the collectibles market who who kind of say that it, it doesn't work, they're probably kind of half right. I mean, they don't at at current time, but they will. Um, the um, I've mentioned recently that I have a kind of a growth um, coach for eBay that they assigned me. And some of you might have that as well. Uh, mine's pretty good. Matter of fact, I might try to get him on it as a, as a guest on this show. I started, stopped doing guests recently just cause I do this kind of free form, but, um, but I might bring him on cause he had a lot of good things to talk about. And I've imparted some of that knowledge here, but he might have a lot more, but, um, I could tell you that, um, Item specifics is something that he was really pushing, and I have seen those results, so I can't really say he's incorrect. Um, now, mind you, that might not be your your uh, uh, your experience, but um, you know, at least then click the uh, the little uh, checkbox that says "Don't remind me of these again," and then at least at least they'll go away on your dashboard. But um, you know, try it and see what happens. That's all I could say. Okay, the last subject I want to talk to you about is some, something that's I'm going to be doing really soon, and I, this is self-serving, by the way. So, <laughs> so if this doesn't apply to you, just you know, skip over this part. Um, but I, in in the August time frame, I've been talking about moving. I am going to be selling all my clothing inventory. So, if you are a clothes seller and you you want to buy, you know, bulk clothing. I have about 3000 items that I'm going to be selling roughly. I mean, it'll be probably less by the time July hits, July, August hit, but, but I am looking to sell that stuff and I'll do it for, I'll do it for what I bought it for. So we're, it's, it'll be something that, uh, um, won't be too expensive and we'll just, we'll just, uh, talk it over anyway. So if you are interested, please re reach out to me via my website at oldfashionedmike.com and uh, we'll work out some kind of deal. I, you know, again, uh, you know, I just don't want to move it. It has nothing to do with it being bad stuff. It's, it's all, it's all good stuff. It's all has high sell through rates for clothing. And I'm, you know, I'm selling in the, in the neighborhood of, you know, th you know, three to 400 items a month out of the inventory. So it's, it's got a nearly a 10% sell through rate. Um, so anyway, just putting it out there, you know, if you're not interested, don't worry about it. Just skip over this part of the show and, uh, and, uh, you know, we'll get to real new topics next week. Um, but if you are interested, reach out via the website, oldfashionedmike.com. Um, and I'd be glad to give you a call. Just give me your phone number or email address and we'll kind of converse how to, how we can do this and when we can do it and so on. Uh, listen, if you're in the new England area, <laughs> even better because then you can just come pick it up. But, uh, but, um, you know, I did buy, I did initially, um, buy a bulk purchase from somebody from Ohio, uh, probably, uh, you know, I would say right before the pandemic, right at the pandemic or right before the pandemic. So, you know, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, so it, and it did come in three boxes, big boxes. And it cost me probably like, you know, $200 shipping or something like that, that I think I paid. Um, but we'll throw that in. We'll make sure that, uh, that we're not gonna, again, I want you to make money and, uh, but I don't want to, the <laughs> my bigger motivation is I just don't want to move it. So I'm not going to be doing the collectibles though, though, those things are going to stay with me. So just, just the clothing. So, um, and maybe some other ancillary items that, that are not necessarily clothing, but, uh, but you know, is not going to be part of my new, 
uh, new uh, product line. So, um, you know, I'm going to go heavy on the website pretty soon and, uh, and using Inkfrog to cross post, um, which does automatically delist stuff um, when you sell it online or, or if you sell on eBay. So I'm going to be doing that. Uh, and it doesn't look right if I have clothing on there and collectibles in the same in the same website it just didn't look right. So, um, so that's why I've been holding off doing it. Other than that though, I think that there is an opportunity here. If you are a clothing seller to get something, some really good items and I have everything from Burberry and Gucci and all sorts of stuff all to, you know, and then other items that are, you know, probably more common like Ralph Lauren and so on. Anyway, if you're interested, just get in contact with me. If you're not interested, don't worry about it. I won't, I won't be late with the matter. I might bring it up next week, but, uh, you know, probably after that, I forget that I even talked about it. All right. Thank you very much. And I know it's, uh, coming up right around 25 minutes. So we'll, we'll cut it short a little bit today, but thank you very much for, for, uh, coming to the show and we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. This episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to. Head on over to oldfashionedmike.com for more information and tips on running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time.